This morning we will reread a couple of verses from our scripture reading. We'll actually be looking at four verses. John 17, we'll be reading verses 16 through 19. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. This morning we'll continue in our series of doctrinal studies. Brother Darrell last Sunday spoke of justification by faith or salvation. This morning, with God's help, we will consider the doctrine of sanctification. The word sanctify, literally, one of the first definitions is to make holy or to purify. Why is this so important to the Lord? Why is it so important that God has a sanctified holy people? Well, we know throughout Scripture, from cover to cover, one of the first things that is established in God's Word is the fact that God is a holy God. Brother Eric spoke of several of God's attributes on Friday night. God is awesome. He's loving and compassionate. He's a God of righteousness and judgment. He's a jealous God. He won't share His glory with another. But I believe above all things, God is a holy God. God's holy in His actions. Psalm 18.30 says, As for God, His way is perfect. God is holy in His judgment. Deuteronomy 32.4 says, He's a God of truth without iniquity. Just and right is He. So we see even God's goodness and mercy as well as His justice. These are all attributes of His holiness because He is holy. He wants His people to be holy. Colossians 1.22 says He wants to present us holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in His sight. 1 Peter 1.15 says, As He which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. This is not a suggestion. This is a commandment in God's Word. We're to be holy. Hebrews 12.4 says, Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. So we see the vital importance of being holy. We want to see the Lord someday. We must have holiness in our lives. You know, it not only affects us, but others around us must see God's holiness in our lives. If they don't see holiness in our lives, they have the wrong view of God. So we serve a holy God. God wants His people to be holy. How do we become holy? Well, there's really only one way. That is through sanctification. That means literally to make holy, to purify, to consecrate, dedicate, cleanse, and separate. How do we get sanctified? We know we first must be saved. You have to be born again. You have to have be justified by faith. But you know that old stain of sin must be removed before the root of sin can be removed. That's why we first must be saved. I think of that analogy. Probably many of you have heard about uh, likening it to a tree. And when a 
person is saved, that old tree of sin is cut down. And at sanctification, those roots are removed, preventing that old man from growing back again. You know, when we're saved, we place ourselves in a position or a condition where God can sanctify us. We can be forgiven and saved without being sanctified, but we cannot be holy without being sanctified. Those two are synonymous, one with the other. You can't be holy without being sanctified, and you can't be sanctified without being holy. So we see uh, it's so important. We know that this is an experience subsequent to salvation. We see some differences between justification and sanctification. It's been said that justification or salvation deals with the guilt of sin. Sanctification deals with the nature or the root of sin. When a man is saved, he is restored to favor with God or he's reconciled. He's put back in that right relationship. So he's restored to favor with God. But when we're sanctified, we're restored to the image of God because God imparts his holiness and his righteousness in our hearts. You know, salvation is an act of surrender. We give the Lord our past. We surrender our wrongs. Sanctification is an act of submission. When we're saved, we have no problem giving the Lord our wrongs in our past, but sometimes we struggle to give the Lord our rights. But when we're sanctified, we consecrate our future to the Lord. You know, uh, really, we just give Him preeminence in our lives. Holiness is more than an experience of movement or an organization. We consider ourselves a holiness organization, but really holiness is a way of life. It's only achieved one way, and that is through impartation, not imitation. The Lord has to plant his righteousness and his holiness and that standard of holiness in our hearts. As we consecrate our lives and the Lord sanctifies us, he does that. You know, the devil can imitate a lot of things. He has people that are unsaved, convinced they're saved. And we've seen the experience of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, you know, the devil can imitate tongues and he can uh, make people think some fleshly manifestation is somehow something that is from the Spirit of the Lord. We know that's not the case, but he cannot, cannot imitate holiness. You can't fake genuine holiness. That has to come from the Lord. We're made holy at once through instantaneous sanctification. Anyone who has been truly saved or sanctified will testify to that fact. You remember the very day or the very moment the Lord sanctified you holy. I'll never forget the night the Lord sanctified me. As Brother Eric was sharing his experience of what that was like, it brought so many memories back to me. Uh, the night the Lord sanctified me, I remember I had been saved for a while, but I remember just getting down on that altar and just wanting to give the Lord more. I felt like I needed to take a step closer to the Lord, and as I just consecrated uh, my future there, I felt the Lord just come down. It was uh, like a purging took place. And I knew that the Lord had sanctified me. First Thessalonians 5.23, the Apostle Paul, as he was praying for the saints there in Thessalonica, he prayed that the God of peace would sanctify them wholly. The word holy there is W-H-O-L-L-Y. 
That means entirely, through and through, all in all. doesn't say that he would do it by and by, or a little at a time. You know, some will teach that. Sanctification is somehow a progressive experience that you kind of grow into. But there's some problems with that theology. First and foremost, it's not biblical. But if that were the case, then how long and at what point would a person be truly sanctified? How long would that take? And does that occur the same for everyone? And who determines that point when a person is truly sanctified? Not only that, but more emphasis is placed on time than on the power of God to purify a person instantly. So we know sanctification is an instantaneous second work of grace subsequent subsequent to salvation. Of course, we know there's the process of growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, but we're made holy instantly when we consecrate our lives to the Lord and when we get to that point where He can do that. We're not progressively saved. No one has ever grown into salvation. You know, a person doesn't wake up one day and decide to sin a little less, and then the next day a little less, and then somehow eventually they work into this position of salvation. No, when a person is saved, they're changed instantly. They become brand new creatures in Christ Jesus, and in the same way, we're not made holy through a period of time, but instantly through God's grace and His power. Our sanctification is provided through Christ's blood. Hebrews 13.12 says, Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people through his own blood, suffered without the gate. Jesus prayed that we might be sanctified. Again, John 17, verses 16 and 17. Jesus prayed, he says, They are not of this world, even as I am not of this world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. He wasn't praying for sinners. Sanctification is not an experience for sinners. He was praying for those, he said, that weren't of the world, those that the Lord had given him. So he was praying for his disciples, for the Christians. You know, that prayer didn't just include the disciples of Jesus' day. That prayer includes Christians today. As you read on, he said, Neither I pray for these alone, but for all them also, which shall believe on me, through their word. So the Lord wants to sanctify the born-again believer. Holiness is more than morality. You know, morality is limited because everybody uses a different standard of how to measure morality. You know, whenever the culture determines something like morality, we know it becomes a moving target. As the culture becomes more corrupt and wicked, we know that level of morality and the standard gets lowered and lowered. But you know, God's standard never changes. God's word never changes. His requirements and His holiness never, ever change. They're not subject to what the culture says. And God can plant that standard of righteousness in our hearts so we can live pure, holy lives in spite of what's going on around in the culture. Sanctification, some other things that it accomplishes. It gives us hearts that are perfect before God. He's not talking about human perfection, but he's speaking about godly perfection. You know, the Lord can make us pure in our motives. 
I'll never forget an experience I had just shortly after the Lord sanctified me. It was probably two or three days after, and I just felt like the Lord was so faithful. He just established that experience in my heart, but I still remember where I was standing. I was standing in the hallway at Columbia River High School, and I remember I was just opening my locker, and there was a guy that was standing next to me. He had the locker next to me. He'd been a friend that I had ran around with before I was saved, and he was anything but godly or holy. I don't know that he had any knowledge of the gospel at all, but I'll I'll never forget, as I opened my locker, and I, I didn't realize he was looking over my shoulder, but he looked into that locker, and he said, wow, he says, your locker is so clean and pure and holy. Something unusual for a high school guy to say, for sure, particularly this friend, but you know, in that moment, the Lord just spoke to me, and he said, that's what I did in your heart. That's what sanctification does. It purifies us. It gives us a heart and motives that are pure before the Lord. You know, even if our actions aren't always perfect sometimes, and they won't be, sanctified people can have a lapse in judgment. We can respond in ways that we regret sometimes, but we can search our hearts. Our hearts can be pure. Our motives can be pure. That's what sanctification does. Helps us to know what it doesn't do. You know, sanctification doesn't increase a person's IQ. Doesn't make you any intellectually any smarter. Because it doesn't deal with a person's intellect or his head, but it deals with his heart. You know, just because a person, it doesn't mean they're not sanctified just because they don't always understand or they're quick to grasp or understand some spiritually discerned truth. The Lord teaches us all at different rates and different times. We don't have to understand everything to be sanctified. You know, I've heard of testimonies of people that were sanctified and didn't even know what to call it. I thought of Brother Scotty Ross, an older brother in Woodlake, and wasn't raised in a Christian home, but somehow, somewhere in his life, he'd heard the story of salvation, the message of salvation, and he had repented, and he was saved. He knew he was saved. said he was attending a church for a while there that didn't teach on sanctification, didn't even have the light on sanctification. And he said some things had happened within that church, and there was kind of a falling out, and there were some hurt feelings. And he said he got down in that church one morning, and he just began to pray and pour out his heart to the Lord. He said he told the Lord, I don't care what anybody else does. I don't care what happens. I just want to serve you, Lord. Help me to want to serve you with all my heart. And he said this... Uh, feeling came over him. He said it was almost like a knife entering in, but then he felt this cleansing, purging take place in his heart. He got up from that place of prayer more determined than ever to serve the Lord. Knew he'd already been saved. He knew it was something different than that. Didn't know what to call it. Until several months later, he found himself in a service in Puyallup. And people began to stand on their feet and testify about being saved and sanctified. And he said, right then... The Lord's Spirit bore witness with His Spirit said, that's what I've done for you. You don't even have to know what to call it to be sanctified. If we present our lives as those uh, sacrifices to the Lord and we consecrate and we're honest before the Lord God will do the work. You know, sanctification doesn't mean physical perfection. Sanctification doesn't mean mental, emotional, 
or physical perfection, but it does bring moral perfection. That's why Paul said, though the outward man perishes, the inward man is renewed day by day. Again, sanctification doesn't deal with the physical man, but the spiritual man. We can be perfect. We can have hearts that are perfect before the Lord. Being sanctified doesn't eliminate the possibility of being tempted. You know, it doesn't take away our free will. We still have the right to choose. Adam was tempted in the garden. You know what? He was in a state of moral perfection before sin entered in. Well, they didn't even know what sin was, but of course he yielded to that temptation and the whole world was plunged into sin. Jesus himself was tempted in the wilderness. Now, we don't say that Jesus was saved or sanctified. There was no need for him to be. He was perfect. He was the perfect sacrifice, that Lamb of God. He was salvation. He was our sanctification. And yet Satan even had the gall to tempt the Son of God. So the devil will tempt us. Jesus promised it. He said, in this world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. But you know what sanctification will do? It'll be a tremendous help to you in your battle against temptation. We'll still be tempted from without, but we won't be tempted from within when that old sin, that nature of sin, that old Adamic nature is destroyed. That striving won't be happening in our hearts. We'll still be tempted from without. Yes, we still have the right to choose but it will be a great strength and encouragement in your battle against temptation. I felt like at that moment the Lord sanctified me. I felt like He established me in the gospel, and that's what it will do. It's been said, the best way to stay saved, get sanctified. It's true. We know sanctification will bring unity Hebrews 2.11 says, For both he that sanctifieth and those who are sanctified are all of one. Christ's prayer again in John 17, prayed that his followers might be sanctified, that they might be one as he was one with his heavenly Father. We see sanctification evidenced in the account in Acts on the day of Pentecost. It said when they were all in one accord and in one place, and the Spirit of the Lord fell on that group of believers. They were all in one accord and in one place, not just physically, but spiritually. What would happen if you took 120 people and locked them in one room for 10 days? A lot of things could happen. But we see something different happening there. These were saints of God. These were folks that had been saved and were sanctified and they had laid aside all their differences and they were seeking the Lord together and the power of the Lord fell and used that 120 to change the entire world. But we know sanctification brings unity. I think that was one of the most marked differences in my own life. Again, I remember getting up from that place of prayer and not really even wanting to say anything. I felt like what the Lord had done for me was so sacred, and I just wanted to protect it. I wanted to cherish what God had done for me. And I remember feeling more than ever, I I didn't want to do anything that would grieve the Spirit of the Lord. I didn't want to be an offense to anybody. I just wanted to serve the Lord. Sanctification will do that. It will bring about unity in your heart and your life. 
We know, again, sanctification is the Lord's responsibility. We just present ourselves to the Lord. We consecrate. The Lord is the, is the one that does the work. So you might say holiness is Lord, the Lord's responsibility, but you know what? Maintenance is our responsibility. The Lord sanctifies us and makes us holy, but he expects us to keep ourselves holy. Joshua 3.5, Joshua commanded the people, he says, sanctify yourselves. 2 Corinthians 6.17 says, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. We're instructed again in God's word, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. James 1.27 tells us, keep ourselves unspotted from the world. So we see we have a responsibility. We keep ourselves pure and holy through decisions and choices we make. Every day, as we get up, we pray, Lord, help me to make decisions that are God-honoring, decisions and choices and actions that will glorify you. That's, that's our responsibility. You know, there's an old saying that says, it's not the boat in the water that's the problem. It's the water in the boat that's the problem. And he said, it's not the Christian in the world that's the problem, but it's the world and the Christian That's when it becomes a problem. So we have a choice every day. We want to guard our hearts against any compromise. We want to be pure and holy before the Lord and before others. We do that through decisions we make every day. You know, we maintain holiness in the same way we obtained it in the first place. Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, for this is our reasonable service. We consecrated our lives when we were sanctified. We continue to remain sanctified as we consecrate our lives every day, presenting our bodies as living sacrifices. That's our reasonable service. God is a holy, righteous God. Certainly it's reasonable that God would require holiness from his people. Last of all, sanctification acts as a preserving agent. First Thessalonians 5.23 says, In the very God of peace, sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved, blameless, under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Preserve means to maintain intact, to prevent from decaying or spoiling. It's that experience of sanctification or holiness that keeps us in that blameless condition before the Lord. The best part of that promise is the next verse says, Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. The Lord calls us to a life of holiness and Jesus will do it for you. The Lord will sanctify you wholly today. If you're here and you're saved, God bless you. There's more. You need to be sanctified wholly. If you're not saved yet, first of all, you need to get saved and do it today. But you can be sanctified wholly. You know, I appreciated what Brother Gary said last Sunday night when he was speaking about procrastination. 
If you need to be sanctified, what are you waiting for? What will you benefit by putting it off? God has it for you today. God wants a holy people. The Bible says without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. But you know what? We don't have to be caught without holiness when the Lord returns. We can have that holiness in our hearts and lives. This morning, God has provided it. It's yours if you come to these altars or pray where you are, consecrate your life to the Lord and pray until you receive that experience. I'll tell you, God will bless you. It'll make a tremendous difference in your life. We can be holy. God says we can be holy and he provided us a way to do just that. We're going to have an opportunity to pray. Again, I would encourage you, we can pray around these altars, pray in your pew, pray wherever you are. Just consecrate your life to the Lord and God will do the work in your life. He's faithful to do what he promised. Let's sing 602 and let's come and pray.